0: Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda and this is let's palaver about the Wastelands. We are in book 1, chapter 3. <laughs> called Door and Demon.
1: This is book three of the Dark Tower tri- Trilogy.
0: It's not book three. We're still in book one, part three. No, book three oh, in the oh. Dark
1: Tower Trilogy. see he's
0: confused and they oh. make things.
1: Yeah, but when you say, we're on book two, it's like, no, no, we're not. No, <laughs> we're we... on book two in book three, which doesn't make no, sense. No, we're on book
0: but... one in book three. What? Mm-hmm. what? Pretty positive. Yeah, book one, oh. door and demon. What? Then why... Book one, door, oh, demon. Okay. Part
1: three. Oh my goodness. So we're in book three. Okay, we're in book one of book three. Okay, part three of book one in book three. Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah, yeah. He made this very complicated, much more than it needed to be.
1: Say novel three. There we go. Part three of book one in the third novel. There we go.
0: Sure, sure. It's complicated. It's. (sighs) Yes. Technically, chapter three. Technically. Sure.
1: sure. Section three. it picks
0: come? up pretty greatly from where we ended off last time. Since we ended with, tell him, he thought, with no idea to who he thought it was for, tell him to grab the key. The key makes the voices go. And then Jake went to sleep. And then we pick up immediately, Eddie was almost asleep when a voice spoke clearly in his ear. Tell him to grab the key. The key makes the voices go.
1: To which anyone who hears a voice talking to them immediately just snaps awake and is like, what? (laughs) So he looks around and is wondering what just happened. He's looking for the voice, or the the owner of the voice, and obviously there's nobody. It's just Susanna, who's still sleeping, and then Roland, who's awake. Yes,
0: not doing Well, no, unfortunately
1: said he sat huddled beneath his blanket at the edge of the streams cut staring out into the darkness. So, yeah, Roland's not in the best state of mind at the moment.
0: (laughs) No, no. Poor, poor Roland. God, I feel so bad for Roland.
1: (laughs) Tell him to grab the key. The key makes the voices go. Eddie hesitated for only a moment. Roland's sanity was in the balance now. The balance was tipping the wrong way, and the worst part of it was this. No one knew it better than the man himself. At this point, Eddie was prepared to clutch at any straw.
0: He probably needed as much help <laughs> as humanly possible.
1: So yes, they've been out or eight days, and they're heading southeast. Oh, it's the dog tower. Huh?
0: I remember reading oh, it's, that. I just don't it's, know
1: it it's literally, literally right here. Oh, okay. I, I, They've been on the path of the beam for eight days now, and then it says the same direction as they were southeast. southeast.
0: Oh God! <laughs> the overdramatic part next. So.
1: Oh, well, right before that was the fact that Eddie. Had walked up on Roland and Roland hadn't even noticed him until he was four steps away. Which scared Eddie because that's, that's not Roland.
0: He's preoccupied <laughs> to say the least. He's like he was more alert than this back on the beach when he was half dead from the lobster thing bite. Yes, yes. Roland looking like Skeleton Mummy Man was more alert than he is right now. Yeah,
1: which is which is pretty bad.
0: Hmm. So of course Eddie's going up to him to talk to him about this. Maybe he needs to grab this key, whole key thing. Can't sleep, Roland asked. His voice was slow, almost drugged. I almost was. Then I woke up. Eddie said. Listen, I think I'm getting ready to die. Roland looked at Eddie. Aww. Roland, Roland, buddy, oh pal, oh friend, old oh guy, old oh dude. Come on.
1: And do you know what I hope lies in the clearing where the path ends, Eddie? Silence. Yes, silence. Just silence. That will be enough. And end to this.
0: The sound of silence.
1: <laughs> he planted his fists against his temples, and Eddie thought, I've seen someone else do that, and not long ago. But who? Where? It was ridiculous, of course. He had seen no one but Roland and Susanna for almost two months now, but it felt true all the same. Ooh, spookiness.
0: Do you know what he's referring to?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, because I do. I don't I didn't uh, well, pick it up.
1: Huh? Well, when you think about it, he's been. Well, I would say he's been sharing this connection with Jake. And so what does that do t- the temple thing, though? Because Jake does. Jake's done that a bunch of times. Has he? Yeah.
0: Ah. No, no, no,
1: Throughout no. his entire thing, he's been doing the same thing. Because I took that. I took note of that on our last one, where I was like, "Just like Roland," and I was like, "That's not really a good thing," but just like Roland. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like Roland.
1: But yes, I can I assume that is what they're referring to, of why he felt like he'd seen someone else. Maybe. It's
0: not made particularly clear here. No.
1: Roland, I've been making something, Eddie said. I know. What is it? Are you finally ready to tell? Finally. <laughs> I think it might be part of this cartet thing. To which Roland he he woke up a bit there. <laughs>
0: yeah. They could look at Roland's eye. That vacant look in Roland's eye, his gaze he gazed at Eddie thought, thoughtfully, but said nothing. Look, Eddie began to unfold the piece of hide. And this is where Henry chimes in. Of because course. we can't cannot get rid of Henry. Like Eath. I think Henry might die here again. <laughs> um That won't do any good, Henry voice suddenly uh a braid. It was so loud that Eddie actually flinched a little. It's just a stupid piece of wood. Looky this, he'll say. Did the sissy carve something? Shut up, Eddie muttered. The gunslinger raised his eyebrow. Not you. <laughs> Roland nodded, unsurprised. Your brother comes to you often, doesn't he, Eddie? <laughs> oh, Henry, you bastard.
1: Well, it's good that Roland still picks up on that, though.
0: Even half dead and <laughs> insane, he's still
1: <laughs> I think even more now that he's insane, he's... <laughs> It's like not as often as he used to, Roland. Thank Christ for small favors. Yes, Roland said, too many voices weigh heavy on a man's heart. (laughs) Just
0: a (laughs) smidge, a little bit.
1: What is it, Eddie? Show me, please.
0: Uh, And unless he found the right lock, it would be dry, but he thought it was close. If one thing he was quite sure, it was the best carving he had ever done, by far. By the gods, Eddie. It's beautiful.
1: Yay! Go rolling said,
0: the apathy was gone from his voice. He spoke in a tone of surprised reverence. Eddie had never heard before. Is it done? It's not done, is it? No, not quite. He ran his thumb to the third notch and then over the S-shape at the end of the last notch. There's a little more to do on the notch, and the curve at the end isn't right yet. I don't know how I know, but I do. And Susanna's
1: up. Yeah. So she's just pretty much wondering when she was like, I, I I kind of caught glimpses of this while you were working on it. I was wondering when you'd actually show us. And then Roland, of course, is like, you don't have any idea what door will open, right?
0: No, no, no. But it might be good for something, even though it isn't done. He held the key out to Roland. I want you to keep it for me. Roland didn't move and take it. He regarded Eddie closely. Why? Because well because I think someone told me you should. Who? Your boy, Eddie thought suddenly. And as soon as he thought came he knew it to be true. It was your boy. But he didn't want to say so. He didn't want to mention the boy's name at all. It might just set Roland off again. I don't know. But I think you ought to give it a try. Yay! You could have just said, Eddie. You could have just said, it would have been fine.
1: I don't know. He just...
0: Being overly cautious is what he's being.
1: Yes. Don't give Roland hope.
0: (laughs) Roland reached slowly for the key. As his fingers touched it, a bright, gleaming glimmer seemed to flash down its barrel, but it, it was gone as soon as quickly as Eddie could be sure to, my opinion. Starlight. Roland's hand closed over the key, growing out of a, the branch. For a moment, his face showed nothing. Then his brow forward, Furrow. furred, furrowed, Furrowed? Yeah. Furrowed? Sure. And his head cocked in, the, in a listening gesture. What is it? Susan asked. Do you hear? Shh! The puzzlement on Roland's face was slowly being replaced with wonder. He looked from Eddie to Susanna and then back at Eddie. His eyes were filled with some great emotion as a pitcher fills with water when it is dipped into a spring. Roland, Eddie asked uneasily, are you all right? Roland whispered something. Eddie couldn't hear what it was. Susanna looked scared. She glanced frantically at Eddie as if to ask, what did you do to him? Eddie took one of her hands in his own. I think it's alright. Royal hand was clasped so tightly on the chunk of wood that Eddie was momentarily afraid he might snap it in two. But the wood was strong. Eddie's carved thick, and the gunslinger's throat bulged, and his Adam's apple rose and fell, with the struggling fell as he struggled to speak with mm-hmm. speech. And suddenly he yelled into the sky in a far strong voice. Gone. The voices are gone. So, oh, I guess we might as well just finish up real quick. He looked back at them and he saw something he had never expected to see in life—in his life. Not even if his life stretched over a thousand years. Roland of Gilead was weeping.
1: You would be too.
0: He just saved his sanity. I mean, we, a page ago he was ready to die. It's like <laughs> it's done. It's over. I'm dying. And now the voices are gone.
1: Yay. Now, see, here, if we go, if we if we momentarily step back to you wondering why he didn't say J- Jake's name, some voice randomly tells him to hand Roland the key. Okay? Just a voice. And when he realizes that it is Jake, could you imagine if he was like, Jake told me to, your boy told me to, and then hands him the key and nothing happened? Now, not only is he even more insane, but now he's thinking about Jake again. So He's always like, thinking hey!
0: about Jake anyway. Yeah. She just told him.
1: I don't know. As I said.
0: Eddie heard some mysterious voice out of the middle of nowhere. These things tend to go how they say they're going to.
1: Either way, I understand, Eddie. You, you, can, you can stay over there.
0: we will stay over there. <sighs> but
1: now we go back to our Jake.
0: Yeah, it says, uh, well, it says the gunslinger slept, slept soundly and dreamlessly that night for the first time in months, and he slept with the not quite finished key clenched tightly in his hand. In another world, but beneath the shadow of the same catette, Jink Chambers was having the most vivid dream of his life. <laughs> yes, yes, he is.
1: <laughs> he finds himself pretty much in a scraggly forest. And he's kinda of just like okay, I don't know I don't really know what I'm doing there. He kind of sees a path, but it's a little overgrown, to which leads him to a stone.
0: Hmm. A good old stone. Which he can barely not even make out the letters. Yes. He starts running his hands across it with his eyes closed trying to trace the letters. Traveler, beyond lies midworld.
1: Dun dun dun! It says Midworld. He thought, of course, Saint Louis and Topeka and Oz and the World Spare and Charlie the Choo Choo. He opened his dreaming eyes and pressed on. So he is going through this woods and or these woods, and somehow just happens upon a basketball court.
0: <laughs> it's a dream. <laughs> Maybe yeah. crazy things happen in dreams?
1: An overgrown basketball court where this, this boy is just shooting hoops.
0: Yep, Jay realizes it was a playground. Basketball court. And before he saw the boy in the far end standing at the foul line and shooting baskets with a dusty old Wilson ball, they popped in one after another, falling neatly through the net hole. The basket... See, close the door, painted the alternate... you could hear suddenly rumble and powerful machinery. The sound was somehow disturbing. Scary.
1: The The part you mumbled through was actually the part that would have made that make sense.
0: See, I can, much, I can only guess at things, okay?
1: Pretty much, it means that the basketball, like the actual hoop and stuff, was jutting out of a what looked like a subway kiosk. The same kind of thing that was like Shardick's door. It's mm-hmm. the horizontal black and yellow lines. So meaning he's hearing that same machinery sound that Eddie and them heard back at Mm -hmm. the Guardians. And those little
0: creatures around as well. Yeah. Don't step on the robot, the boy shouted, or the boy shooting the basket said without turning around. I guess they're all dead, but it wouldn't take any, I wouldn't take any chances if I were you.
1: Yep. One looked like a rat or a mouse, another like a bat. A mechanical snake lay in two rusty pieces almost at his feet.
0: Are you me? Jake asked taking a step closer to the boy at the basket. But even before he turned around, Jake knew that wasn't the case. The boy was bigger than Jake, and at least 13. His hair was darker, and when he looked at Jake, he saw the stranger's eyes were hazel. His own were blue. It's <laughs> Everyone we meet, no one has brown eyes. No, no one has brown eyes. I don't know. I guess Susanna's has to be brown, wouldn't they? I assume. I don't know.
1: I don't think that we've ever given. given they They had
0: head. to have. We, they describe everyone's I, eyes.
1: <laughs> Maybe? Eyes
0: seem to be a big thing in this. But well, Roland's are. They did
1: describe hers, uh, her eyes, but it was usually either demon or. Because
0: <laughs> 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 Roland's are the super faded blue. Jean Bombardier. Eyes, and. Um, Eddie's are hazel, and Jake's are blue, and. The whole group here! <laughs>
1: eyes are important.
0: Apparently can't be brown.
1: What do you think the strange boy asked and bounced past the bounced past the ball to Jake? No, of course not Jake said, he spoke apologetically. It's just that I've been cut in two for the last 3 weeks or so. I know the boy said, it's been a bitch for you, hasn't it? He was wearing faded Ma- Madra shorts and a yellow t-shirt that said never a dull moment in midworld. He had tied a green bandana around his forehead to keep his hair out of his eyes. And things are going to get worse before they get better. What is this place? Jake asked. And who are you? It's the portal of the bear. But it's also Brooklyn. It's
0: also Brooklyn. That didn't seem to make sense. And yet, somehow it did, Jake told himself. That things always seem that way in dreams. But this didn't feel like a dream. As for me... I don't matter much, the boy said. Lie. Huh? I said lie. <laughs> yes, lie, but... Uh, he hooked the basketball over his shoulder. It rose and dropped smoothly through the hoop. I'm supposed to guide you, that's all. I'll take you where you need to go, and I'll show you what you need to see. But you have to be careful, because I won't know you. The strangers make him, uh I won't know you, and strangers make Henry nervous. Mm, he can get mean when he gets nervous. And he's bigger than you. Who's Henry? Jake asked. Never mind. Just don't let him notice you. All you have to do is hang out and follow us. Then, uh, when we leave, the boy looked at Jake. There were both pity and fear in his eyes. Jake suddenly realized the boy was starting to fade. He could see the yellow and black slashes of the box right through the boy's yellow t-shirt. How will I find you, Jake? Jake was suddenly terrified that the boy would melt away completely before he could even before he, he could say anything Jake needed to hear no problem the boy said his voice had taken a queer chiming echo just take the subway to co-op city you'll find me no I won't Jake cried co-op city is huge there must be hundreds must be a hundred thousand people living there now the boy was just a milky outline only his hazel eyes were still completely there like the Tish Cheshire cats grin in Alice. They regarded Jake with compassion and anxiety. No problemo, he said. You found the key in the rose, didn't you? You'll find me the same way. This afternoon, Jake. All, I mean, eh, around three o'clock should be good. You have to be careful, and you'll have to be quick. He paused, a ghostly boy with an old basketball, lying near the transparent foot. I have to go now, but it was good to meet you. You seem like a nice kid, and I'm not surprised he loves you. Remember, there's danger, though. Be careful, and be quick. Hmm. I wonder who this boy is in this dream. There's no way it could be anyone we know with Hazel Eyes.
1: Hazel Eyes. Who also has
0: a brother named Henry.
1: He didn't say brother, he just said Henry.
0: Yeah, because we know so many other Henrys in the book. It's not like we didn't just get done talking about Henry. (laughs) So a nice, nice young Eddie. Mm -hmm. A dream Eddie.
1: (laughs) Wait, you have to tell me what all this is about. You have to tell me why these things are happening to me. Because of the beam, the boy, who was now only a pair of floating eyes, replied. And because of the tower. In the end, all things, even the beams, serve the dark tower. Did you think you would be any different? Jake flailed and stumbled to his feet. Will I find him? Will I find the gunslinger? I don't know, the boy answered. His voice now seemed to come from a million miles away. I only know you must try. About that, you have no choice. The boy was gone.
0: One small thing I'm going to mention that we skipped over just briefly. Uh, After I said, be careful, be quick, uh, wait, Jake yelled, and ran across the basketball court towards the disappearing boy. One of his feet struck the shattered robot that looked like a child's toy tractor. He stumbled and fell to his knees, shredding his pants. He ignored the thin burn of pain. Wait, you have to tell me what this is all about. A little it, small it, thing will get brought back it, up. Yeah. Like, very soon.
1: <laughs> he picked up the old, scuffed-up basketball and shot. It went neatly through the hoop and disappeared. A river, the strange boy's voice sighed. It was like a puff of breeze. It came from nowhere and everywhere. The answer is a river.
0: Of all things, it's so weird. that Let's end this with the answer to a riddle. Come on.
1: What can run but never walks? Has a mouth but never talks? Has a bed but never sleeps? Has a head but never weeps? Now he knew the answer. A river ran. A river had a mouth. A river had a bed. A river had a head. The boy had told him the answer. The boy in the tree.
0: Jake glanced at his bedside clock and saw it was twenty past six. It was time to get moving. If he wanted to be out of here before his parents woke up, there would be no school for him today. Jake thought... Jake thought maybe... Thought that maybe, as far as he was concerned, school had been canceled forever. He threw back his bedcloth, swung his feet out onto the floor, and saw there were scrapes on both knees. Fresh scrapes. He had proved his left side yesterday when he had slipped on the bricks and fell, and he had banged his head when he fainted near the rose. But nothing had happened to his knees. That happened in the dream, Jake whispered, and found he wasn't surprised at all. It began to dress swiftly.
1: It's always a good sign when you just wake up and you're bleeding and you're like, Oh well,
0: huh, you want to talk about a vivid dream? <laughs> I feel like you were like halfway between worlds at that point. You didn't wasn't really dreaming.
1: So Jake begins to pack for his adventure. He goes into his closet, which he has a heap of Spider Man comics. Yeah, good, uh-huh. good. Spider Man! Good job, Jake. Good job. He finds a backpack, of course, puts some clothes, grabs his two riddle books, or his riddle book and Charlie the Choo Choo.
0: you got to bring those. Those are very important.
1: Of course. So he puts those in, and then he's like, okay, he thought, looking into the pack, even with the books added, there was plenty of room left. What else? For a moment, he thought there was nothing else, and then he knew.
0: Yeah, a strange thing to be like, you know what? I'm going to need this. So, his father's study smelled of cigarettes and ambition? Yes. Sure, I didn't know you could smell ambition. <laughs> Someone said a little ambition my way. it uh, was dominated by a huge teakwood tree desk? Teakwood. Teakwood? Sure, teakwood desk. Across the room, set into the wall, otherwise lined with books. There are three Mitsubishi television monitors? Buddy, do you need that much? Do you need that much?
1: He works at a t- television network. Who That's knows? all there! He just needed home. But yes, so Jake goes over to the desk. And of course, he's trying to be sneaky. We've all but had those moments. I don't know about you, okay? I'm gonna, most of us have had those moments where you're like trying to be as quiet as possible through the house and you like hear anything. And you're just like.
0: <laughs> because at that point, it's already quiet. <laughs> Anything that makes noise is amplified by a million. (laughs) And your only goal is to be quiet.
1: So uh, he pretty much goes over to the desk, and then he's like, The desk was locked, but his father had never made any secret of where he kept the key. Jake slid his fingers under the blotter and hooked it out. He opened the third drawer, reached past the hanging files, and touched cold metal. A board creaked in the hall, and he froze. Several seconds passed. When the creak didn't come again, Jake pulled out the weapon his father kept for home defense. A forty four Ruger automatic. His father had shown this weapon to Jake with great pride on the day he had bought it. Two years ago, that had been. He had been totally deaf to his wife's nervous demands that he put it away before someone got hurt.
0: So, yeah. He needs a gun. Yeah. Very carefully gets that put... He, uh, separates the... The clip from the gun, he puts the gun at the bottom and rolls up the clip.
1: Yeah, he takes am- he finds a box of ammunition, puts that in with the clip, rolls it up, and then... Yeah,
0: make sure it's well hidden.
1: <laughs> he started to slide it... Well, he for, the whole thing was that he took the clip out, checked to see if it was um, full, and then was about to put it back in and said, Keeping a loaded gun in a locked desk drawer was one thing. Carrying one around New York City was quite another... <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, not really Not, not
1: anymore <laughs> The board creaked again Jake wanted to get out of here
0: well, he, he needed, <laughs> At this point He needs to be gone before anyone gets up
1: He took a sheet of paper And after a moment's thought The sunglasses as well So he found a pair of sunglasses They're Ray-Ban sunglasses Reflectorized
0: For his father
1: yes.
0: oh, Definitely too big for him
1: then he removed the slim gold pen from its stand and wrote, Dear Dad and Mom, beneath the letterhead. He stopped, frowning at the salutation. What went below it? What exactly did he have to say? That he loved them? It was true, but it wasn't enough. There were all sorts of other unpleasant truths stuck through the central one, like steel needles jabbed into a ball of yarn. That he would miss them? He didn't know if that was true or not, which was sort of horrible. That he hoped they would miss him? <laughs> He suddenly realized what the problem was. If he were planning to be gone just today, he would be able to write something, but he felt a near certainty that it wasn't just today, or this week, or this month, or this summer. He had an idea that when he walked out of this apartment this time, it would be for good. He almost crumpled the sheet of paper, then changed his mind. He wrote, please take care of yourselves. Love, Jay. That was pretty limp, but at least it was something.
0: You want to talk about limp? (laughs) <laughs> that means we may be Jesus.
1: You're like, I will... Please
0: take care of yourself. Love, Jay. <laughs> That's all you've got. Well... Try not to die while I'm gone. Yeah. Jay. Okay? Not even Jake. Not John. N- not anything. Jay.
1: Well, did- at this point, he's probably like, do they even know my name anymore? Like... <laughs>
0: I mean, we all know the terrible, terrible parents. He really but... have a
1: strong relationship. <laughs> at least he said, "Please take care of yourselves." I mean, he could have just thrown it away.
0: He could have just gone missing.
1: Yeah, at least, at least now they know it was on purpose, and someone didn't just climb through the window and kidnap him.
0: Well, I mean, it's not going to change it. They're not going to find him.
1: No. <laughs> so yes, he is making his escape. He has found his way out the door, and suddenly he's not nervous anymore. Now it's starting to get exciting.
0: He's going on an adventure.
1: <laughs> what lay ahead was some great adventure.
0: Hmm. Three minutes later, he stepped out from beneath the awning, which shaded the entrance to the building where he had lived all his life. He paused for a moment, then turned left. This, is, this decision didn't feel random. And it wasn't. He was moving southeast along the path of the beam, resuming his own interpreted quest for the dark tower.
1: Which before that he had said, If I stand, if I can be true, I'll see the rose. He thought, I know it, and I'll see him too.
0: You'll get there, Jake. We're confident in you. Two days after Eddie had given Roland his unfinished key... The three travelers, hot, sweaty, tired, and out of sorts, pushed through a particularly tangled, I mean, tenacious tangle of bushes in a second growth tree and discovered what first appeared to be two faint paths running in tandem beneath the So they found an old road. Yep, yep, that's
1: what's called. Hallelujah. Hallelujah,
0: he cried. (laughs) Let's drink to it. Roland nod, uh, nodded and as long as he's water-skinned. Yeah, let's drink to that. Let's drink to this road, which means we can use Susanna's wheelchair yeah. because really tired of carrying her heavy butt around.
1: <laughs> hey, Roland doesn't seem to mind.
0: Still. When does Roland complained about almost anything?
1: And Eddie... Eddie, of course, has been cursing the wheelchair. He didn't like the thing. It was bulky. It was just—he just did not like it. And now it might be it might be useful. Mm. Eddie had days when he thought the thing would outlast all of them.
0: Also, Roland has the key. Yes. Not, uh, on a piece of string, dangling around his little neck, because he needs it as much as possible. <laughs> Let's let—they let, need Roland to be sane.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's it's helpful. Up ahead, a large creature that looked like a badger crossed with a raccoon raccoon, ambled out of the woods. It looked at them with its large, golden-rimmed eyes, touched its sharp, whiskery snout as if to say, huh, big deal, then strolled the rest of the way across the road and disappeared again. Before it did, Eddie noted its tail, long and closely coiled. It looked like a fur-covered bedspring. What was that, Roland? A billy-bumbler. No good to eat? Roland shook his head. Tough. Sour. I'd rather eat dog.
0: Have you? Susanna asked. Eating dog, I mean. Roland nodded, but did not elaborate. Eddie found himself thinking of a line from an old Paul Newman movie. That's right, lady. Eating them and living like one.
1: (laughs) So, our first, well, yes, our first run in with a belly bumbler.
0: An actual belly bumbler. They were briefly mentioned before, but our first actual run-in to an actual Billy Bubbler.
1: Bumblers.
0: Our first and definitely not last.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so pretty much still. Eddie's still wondering about this road. He asked if it was the same people of the dishes and stuff Him and Susanna, of course, are wondering. Susanna asked if it was the same ones who made the cups and dishes. And Roland's like, no. This used to be a coach road, I imagine. And if it's still here, after all these years of neglect, it must have been a great one indeed. Perhaps the great road. If we dug down, I imagine we'd find the gravel under surface and maybe the drainage system as well. As long as we're here, let's have a bite to eat.
0: Food, Eddie cried. Bring it on. Chicken... Florentine, Polynesian shrimp, veal lightly sauteed with mushrooms, and Susanna elbowed him. Quit it, white boy. I can't help it if I've got a vivid imagination. Eddie cheerfully said, cheerfully. Roland slipped into his purse and discovered his leaves. A tasty, tasty leaves. Wonderful. Eddie Wilson over to him and
1: Eddie. What did even saying?
0: Stuff, okay? Eddie willed Susanna over to him. Roland handed her three of what Eddie called Gunslinger burritos. Yes, they are dried meat
1: wrapped in olive-colored leaves, and the leaves taste like spinach, but stronger. We're going to have to make Gunslinger burritos. Are we? Are we?
0: It's just beef jerky wrapped in a leaf, okay?
1: You have to get in the spirit, okay? Drinking brackish water and <laughs>
0: ah, I think we can do better. We'll we'll cook up some strips of steak and wrap it in some kind of nice that is uh, not romaine it. lettuce. That
1: is not it. Romaine
0: lettuce and we'll serve that on the uh, on the podcast and no. wash it down with some lemonade it's gotta or something. that
1: to be authentic.
0: No, it you does not
1: you can't torture them like that. Sitting here oh, eating Oh, You definitely can't. <sighs> you have no sense of adventure.
0: Not even a little bit.
1: Uh, um, When Eddie turned back, Roland was holding out three of the wrapped pieces of meat to him, and something else as well. It was the chunk of ash with the key growing out of it. Roland had taken it off the rawhide string, which now lay in an open loop around his neck. "'Hey, you need that, don't you?' Eddie asked. "'When I take it off, the voices return, but they're distant,' Roland said. "'I can deal with them. Actually, I hear them even when I'm wearing it, like the voices of men who are speaking low over the next hill.'" I think that's because the key is yet unfinished. You haven't worked on it since you gave it to me. Well, you were wearing it, and I didn't want to... Roland said nothing, but his faded blue eyes regarded Eddie with their patient, teacher's look. All right, Eddie said. I'm afraid of screwing it up. Satisfied? According to your brother, you screwed everything up, isn't that right? Susanna asked.
0: Susanna Dean. Girl psychologist. You missed your call, sweetheart. Susanna offered, uh, wasn't offered, wasn't offended. I can't even her <laughs> wasn't offended by the sarcasm. She lifted the water skin with, uh, with her elbow, like a redneck tip in a jug, and drank <laughs> deeply. It's true, though, isn't it? Eddie had realized he finished, he hadn't finished a slingshot either. Not yet, at least, shrugged. You have to finish it, Roland said mildly. I think the time is coming when we'll have to put it to use. Eddie started to speak and then closed his mouth. It sounded easy when you set it uh, out, Said it right out like that.
1: So Eddie is pretty much extremely terrified. He's going to get it wrong. He's nervous. Like this is something big. It's not just his slingshot. It's not just like someone is relying on this, but he knows that it's not right. It won't work the way it is now, though. That much you do know.
0: So, after all this, Eddie hands the key back to Roland. Wear it for now, he said. I'll go back and work on it when we stop for the night. Promise? Yeah. Roland nodded, took the key, and put it back on.
1: So Eddie did not fail to notice how dexterously the remaining fingers on his right hand had moved. The man was nothing if not adaptable.
0: But that's Roland. <laughs> One of the reasons he survived so long. He's insanely adaptable to everything.
1: Something is going to happen, isn't it? Susanna asked suddenly. Eddie glanced up at her. What makes you say so? I sleep with you, Eddie, and I know you dream every night. Now sometimes you talk too. They don't seem like nightmares exactly, but it's pretty clear that something is going on inside your head. Yes, something is. I just don't know what. "'Dreams are powerful. You don't remember the ones you're having at all?' "'A little, but they're confused. I'm a kid again. I know that much. "'It's after school. Henry and I are shooting hoops at the old Marquee Avenue playground, "'where the juvenile court building is now. "'I want Henry to take me to see a place over in Dutch Hill. An old house. "'The kids used to call it the mansion, and everyone said it was haunted. "'Maybe it even was. It was creepy. I know that much. Real creepy.'" I thought of the mansion the first time in years when we were in the Bears' clearing, and I put my head close to the weird box. I don't know, maybe that's why I'm having the dream. But you don't think so, Susanna said. No, I think whatever's happening is a lot more complicated than just remembering stuff.
0: Did you and your brother actually go to this place, Roland asked? Yeah, I talked him into it. And did something happen? No, but it was scary. (laughs) Uh, and that's it, Susan asked. You just dream of going to this place, the mansion. There's a little more than that. Someone comes, and then just kind of hangs out. I notice him in the dream, but just a little. Like, out of the corner of my eye, you know? Only, I know we're supposed to pretend we don't know each other. Was this someone really there that day, Roland asked? He was watching Eddie intently, or is he actually a player in this dream? That was a long time ago. I could have been more than thir- couldn't have been more than thirteen. How come I remember? How could, how could I remember a thing like that for sure? Roland said nothing. Okay, he said at last. Yeah, I think he was there that day. A kid who was either carrying a gym bag or wearing a backpack. I can't remember which. And sunglasses that were too big for his face, the ones with mirror lenses. Who was the person? Roland asked. And he was silent for a long time. He was holding the last of his burritos, a la Roland, I don't even know.
1: Burritos a la Roland. Oh, God.
0: He said, I think it's the kid you met at the way station, he said at last. I think your old friend Jake was hanging around watching me and Henry on the afternoon we went over to Dutch Hill. I think he followed us. Because he hears the voices just like you, Roland, and because he's sharing my dreams and I'm sharing his, I think that uh, I think that what I remember is what happened now. And Jake's win. The kid is trying to come back here, and if the key isn't done when he makes his move, or if it's done wrong, he's probably going to die. Jake, don't screw it up. <laughs> don't screw it you up. You mean Jake. Eddie? Yeah, whatever one. Eddie. Eddie, don't screw it up.
1: Maybe he has a key of his own. Is that possible? Yeah, I think it is, Eddie said. But it isn't enough. He sighed and stuck the last burrito in his pocket for later. And I don't think he knows that.
0: Well, we don't need to know that.
1: Eddie, you just...
0: Finish up the key, Eddie. Finish up that key.
1: So... They continue on their adventure, and they get to a very familiar shape, or a very familiar marker.
0: That they most definitely do.
1: The gunslinger had stopped and was peering into the tangled bushes at the left of the road. What is it? One way to find out. He turned, hoisted Susanna from her chair, and planted her on his hip. Let's all take a look. Put me down. I can make my way. As Roland gently lowered it to the grassy wheel rut, Eddie peered into the woods. The light light threw overlapping crosses of shadow, but he thought he saw what had caught Roland's eye. It was a tall, gray stone, almost completely hidden in the shag of vines and creepers. "'It's a marker, isn't it?' Susanna was propped on her hands, studying the rectangular chunk of rock. It had once been straight, but now it leaned drunkenly to the right. "'Yes, give me the knife, Eddie.' And he handed it over. Then hunkered next to Susanna as the gunslinger cut away the vines. As they fell, he could see eroded letters carved into stone, and he knew what they said before Roland had uncovered even half of them. Traveler, beyond lies Midworld.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Slightly familiar.
1: Suddenly, I ride. Deja vu. Deja vu.
0: For us, not them. <laughs> we've now seen this through two people's eyes.
1: Well, it, it, for Eddie it is. He, he knew what it said before. Because <laughs> he's been True. sharing his dreams. Just because sure. he wasn't at the beginning of the dream doesn't mean he wasn't there.
0: It's debatable. Maybe he was just shooting hoops. He, uh, he doesn't actually mention meeting Jake. He mentions that he's supposed to be there. Oh. He's supposed to be in the background. He's supposed to be off the side. But he doesn't actually mention talking to Jake the conversation we saw yeah he doesn't mention that at all
1: i don't know it's weird oh, what yeah. is Midworld? eddie asked one of the large kingdom which dominated the earth in times before these a kingdom of hope and knowledge and light the sort of things we were trying to hold on to in my land before the darkness overtook us as well someday if there's time i'll tell you all the old stories the ones i know at least They form a large tapestry, one which is beautiful, but very sad. According to the old tales, a great city once stood at the edge of Midworld, perhaps as great as your city of New York. It will be in ruins now, if it still exists at all. But there may be people, or monsters, or both, we will have to be on our guard. He reached out his two-fingered right hand and touched the inscription. Midworld, he said in a low, meditative voice. Who would have thought... He trailed off. Well there's no hope for help or there's no help for it, is there? Eddie asked. The gunslinger shook his head. No help. <sighs> but, Susanna said suddenly, and they both looked at her. Thank you, Susanna. <laughs> Way to make it eerie.
0: <laughs> <sighs> there were two hours of daylight left. And so they moved on. The road continued southeast along the path of the bean. And two other overgrown roads, smaller ones, joined in. They followed alongside the second... Of the seconds where... The, well, see, blah, blah.
1: Nearby, a dozen fat billy-bumblers sat upon the ruins, watching the pilgrims with their odd golden-rimmed eyes. To Eddie, they looked like a jury with hanging on its mind.
0: Hanging, huh? <laughs> they all must hang.
1: Of course, Eddie's Eddie had tried to start carving again, but he's not doing so well with it. No. For the first time in months, he thought longingly of how good it would be to have some heroin. Not a lot. He felt sure that a nickel bag and a rolled-up dollar bill would send him flying through this little carving project at no time flat. Probably would. you would probably get really sick.
0: Yeah, yeah Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> the first time things get a little bit hard, God, I wish I had some heroin.
1: <laughs> what are you smiling about, Eddie? Roland asked he was sitting on the other side of the campfire. Baby girl.
0: There was an itch and it's loud.
1: Was I smiling? Yes. Mm-hmm. I, was, <laughs> I was just thinking about how stupid some people can be. You put them in a room with six doors, they'll still walk into the walls and then have the nerve to complain about it. If you're... <laughs> you feel, you, you desperately <laughs> feel you need to edit yourself yes, there. Forget it. If you're afraid of what might be on the other side of the doors, maybe bouncing off the walls seems safer, Susanna said. And he nodded. Maybe so. To which he didn't get very far and then just handed it back.
0: <laughs> yep, yeah, he went back after going back to sleep. Dreamt about Marquee Avenue, the playground. All again. Yeah, you you exist. We see you. Uh, Jake stepped out of his apartment building about a quarter after seven, which left him over eight hours to kill. He considered taking the train to Brooklyn right away, then decided it was a bad idea. A kid out of school was apt to attract more attention in the hinterlands than in the heart of the big city. And if he really had to search for this place, and the boy he was supposed to meet there... He was cooked already. No no problemo, the boy in the yellow t-shirt and green bandana. Headset, probably. Mm -hmm. Headset, you found the key and the rose, didn't you? You'll find me the same way.
1: You saw the future.
0: I did, the future. The two remaining words on the next page. I figured it out. It's so hard to figure out, too. I don't know how I did it.
1: Except Jake could no longer remember just how he had found the key in the rose. He could only remember the joy and the sense of surety that had filled his heart and head. He would just have to hope that would happen again. In the meantime, he'd keep moving. That was the best way to keep from being noticed in New York.
0: Keep moving, just keep moving. Uh, A group of kids were lining up for a tour. Public school Jake was almost sure. They were dressed as casually as he was. No blazers. No blazers from Paul Stewart. No ties, no jumpers, no simple little skirts that cost a hundred and fifty bucks. Really? Nope. seems excessive.
1: This crowd was Kmart all the way. <gasps> we were Walmart. Kmart was even too expensive.
0: Oh, I mean, we probably, yeah, I, I doubt we had anything other than, I don't really remember going clothes shopping as a child.
1: Mm. So we went, most of our, like, for school, school clothes shopping was done at Walmart. I didn't have school clothes shopping. <laughs>
0: I didn't have that.
1: Not my brother. I wear
0: PJs and be fine.
1: <sighs> you poor, poor child.
0: I neglected, didn't have yeah, that.
1: Neglected and sheltered. <laughs> Kept you in a b- fallout shelter and was a blast from the past. Brain of <laughs> not, I'm saying. not, not,
0: not <laughs> quite that brain Frazier. That was
1: a good movie. It's, it's been it's
0: been, been long minutes since I've seen that movie.
1: But it was a good movie. I remember it
0: a little bit. I didn't remember enjoying it.
1: The tour took an hour and fifteen minutes. No, quickly. On impulse, Jake stood at the end of the line and followed them into the museum. And then, of course, the hour, it took an hour and 15 minutes. Mm.
0: And no one recognized him until the end. Yeah. The teacher finally just, realized:
1: who, who are you? <laughs> I, was, I, was
0: with, I was with another class upstairs. That was boring. and this, this was so much more interesting. So I decided to tag along.
1: <laughs> this stuff is real art, it's real. <laughs> you, you snuck away. It's like, I'd like to call it a French leave. Mm.
0: Uh, she's, what, the, the French killed? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: But in the French Foreign Legion, they used to shoot deserters. I suggest you rejoin your class at once, young man. I just like that he said a French leave, and of course she got it, but all the other kids are looking at him like, what?
0: <laughs> he went upstairs to the disembodied echo of the footfalls and low voice of the great space of the rotund and wondering why he had said that. Oh no! I actually wanted to say him say that.
1: What, Marquis? Reper- yeah. yeah. What school
0: is it? Marquis Academy. Oh, yeah. I just skipped it very quickly. Yeah. Should would asked him what school. So Marquis Academy. He hadn't known why he said Marquee Academy.
1: <laughs> he had he never, never heard, heard of, of the place.
0: <laughs> so, why Marquee Academy? He waited a while upstairs until he recognized he was being noticed a little bit.
1: Yeah. Just... Inside
0: the chance. Ah, it's time to go. It's time to go. I gotta get out of oh, here.
1: Gosh, look how late it's getting. <laughs> So he stopped at a hot dog stand on the corner of Broadway and Forty Second, trying in a little of his tr- trading in a little of his meager cash supply for a sweet sausage and a Nihi?
0: Yeah, I I, could I, possibly I tell you.
1: He sat on the steps of a bank building to eat his lunch, and that turned out to be a bad mistake.
0: Yes, it did. <laughs> a cop came walking towards him, swirling his nightstick in a complex series of maneuvers. <laughs> He seemed to be paying attention to nothing but this. But then he came abreast of Jake who uh, he abruptly shoved his stick back into his loop and turned him. Say hey big guy, he said. No school today? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Uh,
1: There were They were in Times Square, sleaze capital of America. There were pushers, junkies, whores, and chicken chasers everywhere. But this cop was ignoring them in favor of him.
0: Yes, some average little kid eating food. That's the guy we got to worry about. It's finals week at my school. I only had one test today. Uh, Then I could leave. He paused. Not liking the bright searching look on the cop's eyes. I had permission. He concluded uneasily. Uh huh. Can I see some ID?
1: The best way to get anyone even more suspicious of you is like, I got permission to do it. How many
0: kids carry IDs? I I mean, Jake is eleven.
1: He's eleven. Come on. He's from a prep school, though. So? Not like this. Uh, At least not dressed that way. Exactly.
0: I mean, how many children? carry photo IDs on them. Then
1: it's New York. Who knows? I don't know what New York's like. Okay.
0: I'm just saying. But I don't think that's a common thing.
1: <laughs> Had his mother and father already called the cops?
0: I mean, once they got up and realized you weren't there and your note to tell them to be, be good and all, I mean,
1: I mean, probably... Jake doubted if this cop had his picture, but he might very well have his name. Well, Jake said reluctantly, I've got my student discount card from Midworld Lanes, but that's about all. Midworld Lanes? Never heard of it. Where's that? Queens? Midtown, I mean, Jake thought. God, this was going north instead of south and fast. Y- you know, on 33rd? Uh huh, that'll do fine. The cop held out his hand. <laughs> Good old Eli. <laughs> Apparently there was a a guy on the, on the corner of the street that just started, Yeah, you get him. You get him. Get that little boy. Both things. Shut up and get in the wind, Eli.
0: Why don't you ask him for some ID, <laughs> Jake asked? Because right now I'm asking you. Snap it up, son.
1: Oh, Jake, sometimes. Sometimes you just maybe just keep your comments mm. to yourself. Uh,
0: the cop either had his name or had sensed something wrong about him. Which wasn't so surprising. Maybe since he was the only... Maybe girls just skip over that. (laughs) Either way, it came the same. Sitting down here to eat. His lunch had been dumb. But his feet had hurt and he had been hungry. Darn it, hunger! You're not going to stop me, Jake thought. I can't let you stop me. There's someone I'm supposed to meet this afternoon in Brooklyn. And I'm going to be there. Instead of reaching for his wallet, he reached into his front pocket and brought out the key. He held it up to the policeman. Uh, The late morning sunshine bounced. Little coins of reflection reflected light into the man's cheeks and forehead. His eyes widened. Hey, he breathed. What you got there, kid? He reached for it and Jake pulled the key back a little. And reflected circles, of light danced hypnotically in the cop's face. You don't need to take it. Jake said, "You can read my name without doing that, can't you? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the curiosity left the cop's face. He looked only at the key. his gaze was wide and fixed, but not quite empty. Jake read both amazement and unexpected happiness at this look. That's me, Jake thought, just pretending uh I mean spreading joy and goodwill wherever I go.
1: Just pretending. Just pretending. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta,
0: to skip letters and do things. <laughs> to make up your own.
1: Then, of course, this starts to draw a crowd.
0: Everyone loves the key. <laughs> you know, this sounds a little familiar.
1: It, it, there's, 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 a book that does something on a similar, with a slightly Shhh. different object. Shh. Shush. Finally. So, yes, anybody who sees the key, who's by, passing by, is just drawn to it. So, next thing you know, Jake is just surrounded by people. You're doing a great job of being inconspicuous, he thought. Oh, yeah. He glanced over the cop's shoulder, and his eye caught a sign on the far side of the street. Denby's discount drug. It said, My name's Tom, Benby. Tom Denby, he told the cop. It says so right here on my discount bowling card, right? Right, right, the cop breathed. He had lost all interest in Jake. And you're not looking for anybody named Tom Denby, are you? No, the cop said. Never heard of him. So I can go, can't I? Huh? Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Go for your father's sake.
0: For your father's <laughs> sake. Hmm. This key's brought out some otherworldly things.
1: Thanks, Jake said, but for a moment he wasn't sure how to go. He was hemmed in by a silent crowd of zombies, and more were joining in all the time. They were only coming to see what the deal was, he realized, but the ones who saw the key just stopped dead and stared.
0: It was time to find a subway station and get over there to Brooklyn before anything else weird could happen. A quarter of two that afternoon, he walked slowly up to the steps of the subway station and stood at the corner of Castle and Brooklyn Avenues, looking at the sandstone towers of Co-op City. He waited for that feeling of surrealness and direction, the feeling that was like being able to remember Ford in time, to overtake him. It didn't come. Nothing came. He was just a kid, standing in the hot Brooklyn street corner, with his... short shadow lying at his feet like a tired pet. Well, I'm here. Now what do I do? Jake discovered he didn't have the slightest idea.
1: That's never a good feeling.
0: (laughs) Well, I got where I'm thinking I'm supposed to be, but I don't know what to do next.
1: (laughs) So now we jump back to Roland Susanna and Eddie. To which they're pretty much just walking and they're seeing the landscape change from the woods to like these big plains and lush grass. Some says to the west, some miles off, she could see a herd of large animals grazing peacefully. They looked like buffalo. and she could see the city. It lay dead ahead, a misty collection of spires and towers rising above the far edge of the horizon. Those airy ramparts might have been a hundred miles away, or two hundred, or four hundred. The air of this world seemed to be totally clear, and that made judging distance a fool's game. All she knew for sure that was the sight of those dim towers filled her with silent wonder, and a deep, aching homesickness for New York. She thought... I believe I'd do almost anything to see the Manhattan skyline from the Triboro Bridge again. Then she had to smile, because that wasn't the truth. The truth was that she wouldn't trade Roland's world for anything. Its silent mystery and empty spaces were intoxicating, and her lover was here. In New York, the New York of her own time at least, they would have been objects of scorn and anger.
0: Yep. We get up top of this... this hill and there's this wide wide open beautiful landscape with this very distant tall city in the great distance
1: Roland pointed that must be the Send River he said in a low voice I never thought to see it in my life wasn't even sure it was real like the Guardians
0: and then Eddie's a little fixated oh god (laughs) it's a city It's a city. It's a city. What might be at this city?
1: Could it still be pretty much intact? Did the old-timers build the well? Anything is possible in these times, Roland said, but he sounded doubtful. You shouldn't get your hoax up, though, Eddie.
0: Oh, were they up? (laughs) Eddie, Eddie, Eddie.
1: The city dwellers might be Americans, Eddie's subconscious whispered. No. (laughs) intelligent and helpful they might in fact spell the difference between success and failure for the quest of the pilgrims or even between life and death in eddie's mind a vision partly cribbed from movies like the last starfighter and the dark crystal gleamed brightly a council of gnarled but dignified city elders who had served them a whopping meal drawn from the unspoiled stores of the city and who would as he and roland and susanna ate themselves silly Explain exactly what lay ahead and what it all meant. Their parting gift to the wayfarers would be a triple-A-approved tour guide map with the best route to the Dark Tower marked in red.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, Eddie. Yeah, I'm sure that, that that's gonna happen. It's gonna be easy as that. I mean, this is gonna be over. This is the last book. What are we talking about? It's done.
1: Even if the city was totally deserted, the population wiped out by some long-ago plague or outbreak of chemical warfare, it might still serve them as a giant kind of giant toolbox, a huge army-navy surplus store where they could outfit themselves for the hard passage. Eddie would sure must lie ahead. Besides, he was a city boy, born and bred, and all the sight of those tall towers just naturally got him up.
0: Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> All right, he said, almost laughing out loud in his excitement. Hey-ho, let's go. Bring on those F&Ls. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Suzanne looked at him puzzled, but smiled. Uh, what you raving about, white boy? Nothing. Never mind. Let's just get moving. What do you have to say, Roland? want to But something on Roland's face or just beneath it. Some lost, dreaming thing caused him to fall silent and put one arm around Susanna's shoulder, as if to protect her. (sighs) (laughs) Good old Roland had uh, spotted something much closer than that distant off-city.
1: Yeah, there is something that lies between them.
0: Something a little more important at the moment than the city.
1: Something that filled him with disquiet and foreboding he had seen such things before, and the last time he'd come across one, Jake had been with him.
0: Yeah. My next one is this picture. Which truthfully should go a lot further up. Yeah. Probably closer to where yours is.
1: Um it's it's still it's still short, but yes, mine's but closer. Closer? Yeah. <laughs> it's cool curious. picture, or no? My next one's that, so <laughs> and it's Somewhere in there. Easy, easy.
0: Yeah, they feel a little <laughs> off there.
1: Well, yeah. So, Roland is recounting the time when they found the speaking circle. Yes. Jake had wandered off in the night, and Roland found him and was pretty much saved him, but still needed answers from the demon.
0: Yes, a place of stones, a place of sacrifice, a place where an oracle lived and spoke when it was forced to. And killed whenever it could. Roland, Eddie asked, What is it? What's wrong? Do you see that? Eddie pointed. It's a speaking ring. The sapes you see are tall, standing stones. He found himself staring at Eddie, whom the first met, frightened to put on him. And then everything you said.
1: Hmm. Huh?
0: What do you mean? Right, I didn't say
1: anything. That was, way, that was before.
0: What was it? Well, yeah. it's pretty much the same. Some strange
1: expression, some foreknowledge, was dawning on Eddie's face... The bright hope which had lit his eyes as he surveyed the city whiffed out, leaving him with a look both grey and bleak. It was the expression of a man studying the gallows on which he will soon be hanged. First Jake, and now Eddie, the gunslinger thought. The wheel which turns our lives is remorseless. Always it comes around to the same place again. Uh, I think that's the place where the kid is going to try to come through. The gunslinger
0: nodded. Very likely. They're thin places. And they're also attractive places. I followed him in such a place once before. The oracle that kept there came very close to killing him. How do you know this? Susanna asked Eddie. Was it in the dream? He only shook his head. I don't know. But the minute Roland pointed that place out, he spoke off and looked at the gunslinger. We have to get there just as fast as we can. Eddie sounded both frantic and fearful. Eddie, you got the calm.
1: He's freaking out, man. (laughs) Oh,
0: is he ever? Uh, It's going to happen today, Roland asked. Tonight? Eddie shook his head and licked his lips. I don't know that either. Not for sure. Tonight, I don't think so. Time, it's different over here than it is for the kid. It's going slower in his where and when. Maybe tomorrow. He had been battling panic. But now it broke free. He turned and grabbed Roland's shirt. Eddie, you've messing (laughs) up, boy. And, uh, shirt. Um, sweating finger. But I'm supposed to finish the key. And I haven't. And I'm supposed to do something else. And I don't have a clue what it is. And if the kid dies, it'll be my fault. The gunslinger locked his own hands over Eddie's and pulled them away from his shirt. Get control of yourself. I understand that whining and yep, whining and pulling won't solve your problems. I understand that you have you have, woo, uh, won't solve your problem. I understand that you have forgotten the face of your father. Quit that bull! I don't give. I don't care about my father. Eddie shouted hysterically. Roland hit him upside the face. His hand made a sound like breaking branch.
1: It's just getting worse.
0: Oh no, things are escalating severely.
1: Eddie's head rocked back. His eyes widened with shock. He stared at the gunslinger, then slowly raised his hand to touch the reddening handprint on his cheek. You bastard, he whispered. His hand dropped to the butt of the revolver he still wore on his left hip. Susanna tried to put her own hands over it. Eddie pushed them away. And now again I must teach. Roland thought, only this time I teach for my own life, I think, as well for his. Somewhere in the distance a crow hailed its harsh cry into the stillness, and Roland thought for a moment of his hawk David. Now Eddie was his hawk, and like David he would not scruple to tear out his eye if he gave so much as a single inch, or his throat. "'Will you shoot me? Is that how you'd have it end, Eddie?' "'Man, I'm so tired of your gibe. Eddie said. His eyes were blurred with tears and fury. "'You haven't finished the key, but not because you're afraid to finish. You're afraid of finding you can't finish. You're afraid to go down to where the stones stand, but not because you're afraid of what may come once you enter the circle. You're afraid of what may not come. You're not afraid of the great world, Eddie, but of the small one inside yourself.' You haven't forgotten the face of your father, so do it. Shoot me if you dare. I am tired of watching you blubber. Stop it, Susanna screamed at him. Can't you see he'll do it? Can't you see you're forcing him to do it? Roland cut his eyes toward her. I'm forcing him to decide. He looked back at Eddie, and his deeply lined face was stern. You have come from the shadow of heroin and the shadow of your brother, my friend. Come from the shadow of yourself if you dare. Come now, come out, or shoot me, and have done with it.
0: Alrighty. Wee, 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 wee,
1: woo! (laughs) As I said, escalated pretty quickly. it
0: escalated. It's down to, hey, (laughs) shoot me! It's going to roll, it doesn't have the gun anymore.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) For a moment, he thought Eddie was going to do just that. And it would all end here on the high ridge beneath the cloudless summer, summer sky, with spirals of the city glimmering on the horizon like blue ghosts. Then Eddie's cheeks began to twitch; the firm line of his lip softened and began to tremble. His hand fell from the sandalwood butt of Roland's gun. His chest hitched once, twice, three times. His mouth opened, and all his despair and terror. Came out in one groaning cry as he blundered towards the gunslinger. I'm afraid, you numb F. <laughs> it's like, can I substitute? Can I substitute?
1: Nope. You numb
0: man, maybe? You numb man. <laughs> uh, don't you understand that, Roland? I'm afraid. So he didn't shoot Roland. No. And so he's having a breakdown.
1: then of course he kind of stumbles toward Roland. Roland catches him and then kind of like holds him for a brief second and then just passes him off. There you go, (laughs) Susanna. You
0: take your guy because I'm not dealing with this.
1: It says, She put a hand on the back of his neck, pressing his head against her thigh and said bitterly to Roland, Sometimes I hate you, big man. Roland placed the heels of his hands against his forehead and pressed hard. Sometimes I hate myself. Don't ever stop you though, do it. (laughs) <laughs> Roland didn't reply. He looked at Eddie, who lay with his cheek pressed against Susanna's thigh and his eyes, with his eyes tightly shut.
0: Stand up, Eddie. And for a moment, he thought Eddie would simply go crouching there, hiding his face against the woman's leg. If so, everything was lost. And that was Ka, too. Then slowly, Eddie got to his feet. He stood there with everything... Hand, Hands, shoulders, head, hair, hanging. Not good, but he was up. And that was a start. Look at me. Susanna stirred uneasily, but this time she said nothing. Slowly Eddie raised his head and brushed his hair out of his eyes. And with a trembling hand. Uh, this is for you. I was wrong to take it. At all. No matter how deep my pain. World. Oh world. World. Roland curled his hand around the rawhide strap and yanked it, snapped it, and held the key out to Eddie. Eddie reached for it like a man in a dream. But Roland did not immediately open his hand. Will you try to do what needs to be done? Yes, his voice was almost inaudible. Do you have something to tell me? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm afraid. There was something terrible in Eddie's voice, something which hurt Roland's heart and he supposed he knew what it was. Here was the last of Eddie's childhood, expiring painfully among the the three of them. It could not be seen, but Roland could hear its weakening cries. He tried to make himself deaf to them. Something else I've done in the name of the tower. My score grows even longer, in a day when it will all have to be totted up Like a longing drunkard's bill at the alehouse draws ever near. How will I ever pay? I'm not quite sure, Roland. Or maybe I know exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Mm. (laughs) What do you want then, Eddie cried. You've taken everything. Everything else. Everything I have to give. No, not even that. Because in the end, I gave it to you. So what else do you want from me? Roland held the key, which was their half of Jake Chambers' salvation, locked in his fist and said nothing. His eyes held Eddie's, and the sun shone on the green expanse of plain and the blue gray reach of the Sind River. After a while, understanding began to dawn in Eddie Dean's eyes. Roland nodded. I have forgotten the face, Eddie paused. I have forgotten the face of my father, gunslinger, and I cry your pardon i was
0: like eddie paused and you paused i'm like really dramatic pause we're giving here
1: roland opened his hand and returned the small burden of the key to him to him who Ka had decreed must carry it speak not so gunslinger he said in the high speech your father sees you very well loves you very well and so do i eddie closed his own hand over the key and turned away his tears still drying on his face Let's go," he said, and they began to move down the long hill toward the plain, which stretched beyond.
0: Hmm. And now we're back, good old Jake. Hmm. Jake walked slowly along Castle Avenude. Avenue. 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 <laughs> Avenude. Avenue. Avenue. Hmm. Uh, up ahead, a police car into the avenue. Jake was once become extremely interested in display, so he lets the cop pass by. Uh he watched reflection as the blue and white passed oh, the window and didn't move until it was gone. Hey, Jake, old buddy, where exactly are you going? He didn't have the slightest idea. He felt positive that the boy he was looking for, the boy in the green bandana and yellow t-shirt, that said, never a dull moment in midworld was somewhere close by. But so what? To Jake, it was just nothing but a needle hiding in a haystack, which was Brooklyn. He passed... And alley, which had been decorated in tangle. Oh, there we go. Blah, 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 I just dropped this. Jake' eyes fixed on two of these. Some graffiti. A rose is a rose is a rose, and I cry your pardon. <laughs> that one, especially yes. I'm a little foreign to this world.
1: <gasps> what does that mean? Jake wondered. He didn't know. Something from the Bible, maybe. But it held like the eye of a snake is reputed to hold a bird.
0: Just ahead, he saw an old man walking down the street, keeping to the shade as much as possible, and leaning on a gnarled cane. Behind the thick glasses he wore, his brown... Oh my god, someone has brown eyes! (laughs) Swarm like oversized eggs. I cry your pardon, sir? Jake said without thinking or even really hearing himself. What in the, the old man here? The old man turned and looked at him, but blinking in surprise and fear, Lift me alone, boy," he said, and raised his walking stick and brandished clumsily at Jake's direction. Would you know if there's a place called Marquis Academy any place around here, sir? This was utter des- desperation, but it was the only thing he could think to ask. The old man slowly lowered his stick. It was the sir that had done it. He looked at Jake with slightly lunatic interest of an old and almost senile. How come you're not in school, boy? Jake smiled weirdly. This one was getting really old. Finals week. You think? (laughs) Yeah. I came down here and looked for an old friend of mine who goes to Marquis Academy, that's all. Sorry to have bothered you. He stepped around the old man. Hoping he wouldn't decide to whop him upside the rear end with his dumb cane. And it was almost down the corner when the old man yelled, Boy, boy! Jake turned around. There's no Marquis Academy. It's <laughs> like, this, this guy got, like, uh, that's not Academy. Academy. Down here, the old man said, 22 years I've lived here. So should I know. Marquis Avenue, yes but no marquee keyed me. <laughs> Jake's stomach cramped with sudden excitement. He took a step towards the old man who had just risen his cane in <laughs> defense. Jake stopped at once, leaving 20 feet safety zone between them. Where's Marquis Avenue, sir? Can you tell me that? <laughs> of course, of course. The old man said, didn't just say I'm living in here.
1: I'm living, I'm living.
0: There are 22 years. Two blo- uh two blogs <laughs> down turn left at the Majestic Theater, but I'm telling you now, there is no more key to me. I can't do this. As old man, he he's
1: a little senile. okay? I'm telling you now there is no mark Key to me. <laughs>
0: uh, so onward uh good old Jake Heads.
1: The old man watched him go. Sir, he said to himself in a tone of mild abasement. Sir yet. He chuckled rustily and moved on.
0: How dare people be polite and use the word sir?
1: <laughs> How dare. Not everyone's from the south, okay?
0: I know. Polite manners. How dare people. How dare. Manners and politeness. Uh, we're almost done here. We're almost done. We're so close right? it's not even funny at this point. <laughs> Got a page and out here.
1: So we have brought. We are now back to Roland and Susanna and Eddie. And Roland and Susanna are kind of walking on their own. They're starting to set up camp, and Eddie is way back. He
0: about half a mile back.
1: Yes. And so Roland has built a fire, and is waiting. Yeah, just
0: just wait wait on Eddie. Let let Eddie be. Let him do his thing.
1: Yep. It's a. It pretty much. He glanced down the road, saw the spark of the fire, and knew exactly what Roland was doing and why. Then he turned his gaze to the sky again. He had never felt so lonely or so afraid. Hmm.
0: The boy was close now, he thought. He knew where Jake was and what he was about to do, and it filled him with silent wonder. Susannah had come from 1963, Eddie had come from 1987. Between them, jake trying to come over trying to be born what else needs to be said
1: so pretty much he's watching the sky and then old star comes out so like our northern star pretty much old star comes out to which He's like, starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. Wish I may, wish I might, have the wish I wish tonight. Old star glowed in the notch of the key, a diamond caught in ash. Help me find some guts, Eddie said. That's my wish. Help me find the guts to try and finish this thing. Hmm.
0: He sat there a moment longer and then got to his feet and walked slowly back to camp. He sat down as close to the fire as he could. Could get uh took the gunslinger's knife without a word to either him or Susanna and began to work tiny curls slivered in wood rolled from the s shape at the end of the key. Eddie worked fast, turning the key this way and that, occasionally closing his eyes and letting his thumb slip along the mild curves. He tried not to think about what might happen if the shape were to go wrong, that would freeze him for sure. Roland and Susanna sat behind him, watching silently. At last, Eddie put the knife aside. His face was running with sweat. The kid of yours, or this kid of yours, he said, this Jake. He must be a gutty brat. He was brave in the mountain, Roland said. He was afraid, but he never gave an inch. I wish I could be like that. Roland shrugged. At Balazage, you fought well, even though they had taken your clothes. It's very hard for a man to fight naked. But you did it. I can imagine Pierre; it'd be hard to fight naked.
1: It looked exa Pretty much he observes the key and he's like, it looked exactly as he remembered from the dream, from the momentary vision he had seen in the fire, but it didn't feel exactly right. Almost, but not quite. That's just Henry again. That's just all those years of never being quite good enough. You did it, buddy. It's just that Henry inside doesn't want to admit it. I don't... I, I'm done. I don't know if it's right or not, but I guess it's as right as I can make it. He felt oddly empty now that he had no longer had the key to work on, purposeless and directionless. The key
0: is done. The key is done. But now something else rose in his mind. It came all at once. Not a dream, not a vision. No, not either of those. It's a memory. It's happening again. You're remembering forward in time. I have to do something first, he said and got up. On the far side of the fire, Roland had stacked some wood. He took it, returned to his place of the fire, picked up Roland's knife again. This time he worked fast because it was simply sharpening the stick. Turned it into something that looked like a small tent peg. Can we get moving before daybreak, he asked the gunslinger. I think we should get to the circle as soon as we can. Yes, sooner if we must. I don't want to move in the dark. Dark. A speaking ring is an unsafe place to be at night. But if we have to, we have to.
1: (laughs) From the look on your face, big boy, I doubt if those stone circles are very safe any time, Savannah said.
0: Eddie put the knife in... in Aside again, the dirt inside. I, inside. Well, it's close, okay. No, dirt, no, it's not. It's close. <laughs> they dirt. <laughs> Roland had taken from the, from digging the campfire. He just
1: so pretty much he takes the stake and draws a question mark, and pretty much it's crisp and clear. So he's like, okay. He said, brushing it away, all done. And Twitch says. When he finally went to sleep, nestled against Susanna's warmth, his rest was dreamless, but very thin, until the gunslinger shook him awake at four in the morning. He heard the wind racing endlessly over the plain below them, and it seemed to him that he went with it, flying high into the night, away from these cares, while Old Star and Old Mother rode serenely above him, painting his cheeks with frost. that is
0: nineteen. We stopped at.
1: 19. Good, good old 19. number. Also, a good, good place to stop.
0: <laughs> a really good place to stop. Mm, we'll have, what, 33 pages next time to read before we get to book two Lud, a heap of broken images. Ooh. So, fun, fun. Another good chapter though. Let's I like that chapter closer. a lot. And we're getting there. We're flying through this book of reading re- giant <laughs> chunks at a time. The last book where we're like, oh, it's 10 pages this week.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll be done with this before we know it. But it's such a good one. It's <sighs> such a good one. Wizard and Glass.
1: Another good one. But this is where everything comes together.
0: And then we go back and it's not together anymore. I,
1: I, Alright, yeah, well. <laughs> shush. <laughs> And then there's the other book
0: that's like, ugh.
1: Shush your face. (laughs) We're not there yet. They're not there yet. Leave it alone.
0: What a good book. All right. We're in. As always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach a man at KZ Pop. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Please like the video if you liked it at all. Subscribe to the <laughs> channel. We'd really appreciate that. I mean, if you got to the end, you probably liked it, but you never know. Uh, Throw some comments down below. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how you're enjoying the book, if you're reading the book at all. Anything else? Don't I want to Yeah. All right. Hope you enjoyed. Till next time. Long days and pleasant